Now, we've just started a new book. This is the, the third week, and we're in the book of Daniel. And you've had a lot thrown at you, kind of the factoids we like to call them. And Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Jeff, the past two weeks, have done a great job showing us where it is on the map, um, who we're dealing with. And we're going to revisit those main characters tonight, which happen to be King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel, and his buddies. And we have seen a tough time for Daniel. I mean, he had to go on this long journey, and now here he is in Babylon, and he doesn't really know what's going on. His directions have been altered, and that's all because of King Nebuchadnezzar. And what he's trying to do is, for a word, I like to say Nebuchadnezzar is trying to brainwash these young men. He is teaching them the laws of Babylon. He is giving them Babylonian names. He's teaching them in Aramaic. He's doing all these things to try to get them away from who they have been going towards, God. So he's, a, he's an interesting person. We're going to focus on him a little bit. But I feel that it's important that we take different parts from this message and see where we're being driven. Nebuchadnezzar is a bad dude. And yet God is able to use him in certain ways. And we're going to dig into that tonight. And last week, I love what Pastor Jeff was saying, that wherever we go, God needs to be with us. Where Daniel goes, God is there. That is our job. When we move anywhere, when we go anywhere, the forefront, the first person that needs to be there is God. And we need to bring everything that he comes along with. And then we have a direction to follow. We have someone to look towards. Daniel understands that. And that brings us to where we are tonight. And when I was reading this, I was just given this picture of, of a road. And you always come into this road. And you're given a choice in life. And I could have said the, the, the road less traveled and thrown up the Robert Frost poem. But I did this report on him in high school. And I had to memorize it. And I did it so many times. I just don't want to see it anymore. So... You can just imagine it in your head because most of you know it. But in life, we are given this road. And you can mentally just put a picture of yourself being there, right in the middle. On one side, it's God. And on the other side, it's pretty much everything else you want to go with. Your beliefs, other people you want to believe in. If we continue on one side... We'll be going the correct way. Circumstances we may not understand can give us the chances to go down this road. Wouldn't life be great if we could just go down that straight path and just be happy? But God knows us. He created us each individually. And he knows sometimes it may suck, but we're going to have hardships. And he's putting those hardships in front of us so we take that road towards him. So we believe in him. He's strengthening our faith our faith in what we're going to. And we are now going to find how God can put that roadblock even to someone not believing as King Nebuchadnezzar. So if you guys are able to stand, please stand as we read through the Bible. We're going to the second chapter of Daniel, starting with verse 1. One night during the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had such disturbing dreams that he couldn't sleep. He called in his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers. 
and he demanded that they tell him what he had dreamed. As they stood before the king, he said, I have had a dream that deeply troubles me, and I must know what it means. If you can please bow your heads with me in prayer. God, I thank you so much for giving us this night that we get the choices in life, that we can move towards you, Lord, that we can strengthen every step with you, that you are the guiding light, you're the guiding force, that the road that you give us on, Lord, is the road that we must travel. We are so blessed to have you in our presence. And all God's people said, amen. Now, originally, when I had that real beautiful uh, picture on there with the, the roads and the fork, I had this funny picture that was like a fork sticking out of it. So it's a fork in the road and it's cooking. But I wanted to leave the cheesiness to Pastor Jeff when he teaches. And I want to be a little more straightforward. (sighs) Sorry. (laughs) This is the last sermon I'm giving, I guess. So I appreciate the time. what we're going to be digging into, it's a, it's a little mixed up of a passage. We're going at the start of a dream, but we're not finishing it. We're not even getting that much into it. But I think the dream part is something we really need to get a, a grasp on. And dreams are often referenced in the Bible. And in Numbers 12:6, which I should have up on the board. And the Lord said to them, now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams. God gave many people visions throughout the Bible, different books, and plenty of times in Genesis. First Kings, First Samuel, Matthew, Acts. Dreams are somewhere where we're at peace, and God can have one-on-one time with us. And he can, if we're blessed enough, he can just come in and talk to us and, and give you a vision. In this case, for Nebuchadnezzar, he can tell what type of man he truly is. And he knows he's pretty hooked up on himself. He loves himself. He loves conquering everything. He doesn't care to look towards God. And so he throws this roadblock at him. As you can see, he's thinking pretty well. (laughs) Um, He throws this roadblock that he kind of needs to to figure out what it is. But I wanted to give a a brief background about Nebuchadnezzar. He's someone we're going to deal with throughout the whole time that we're going through this, and he was king, and he reigned from 605 B.C. until about 562 B.C., known as the greatest king of Babylon. He is the one that conquered Judah and destroyed Jerusalem. Whatever he wanted, he could get. If he decided to conquer someone, he would conquer them. He was a pretty powerful guy. He had everything at his fingertips that he wanted. He was pretty much untouchable, so why someone that has everything in the entire world that he could want, that he's the top dog, when he falls asleep, why can he not remain asleep? What is something so powerful, what force is coming through so strong to knock him off his sleep pattern? And just to give you some context behind it, I'll I'll jump back to scripture so we can actually see what I'm talking about and not just making it up. One night... During the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had such disturbing dreams that he couldn't sleep. I know when I'm sleeping, 
and I get nice and warm in my Snuggie or my button-up PJs with the little feet. There's nothing worse than as soon as you put your head down and you cozy in, you fall asleep, you get blindsided by something. I mean, it has to be a bad night for him not being able to sleep, but I think that's exciting because God has something that he wants to tell you. He has something so important that he needs to get across that he's going to your deep realm. He's going where you're sleeping. He's going where he can talk to you one-on-one. But I want to see what that means for, for Nebuchadnezzar. And it's a lot about dreams, and I don't want to, to go too much off topic, so I figure this is a good point. I just want to get us going, seeing where we are with God, getting this dreams and thing. And I want us to go ahead and start with group discussions, because I feel that's so powerful and what we need tonight to get going. And the group question is, has God given you a vision or dream that you can remember? I'm not saying you, you know for a fact that it was God giving you a dream. I'm just saying, is there a dream that popped in your head that you figured there was something of significance that you just want to keep going back to? If that's not pertaining to you, what, when times seemed difficult, do you remember going to God first, or did you start looking around to find the answers yourself? When we continue on with our text, we're going to see that Nebuchadnezzar looks towards other people. He never once looks to God. So kind of break apart into groups. You can pick whichever subject you'd like to go over. If one's speaking, you more of the other. But if you are a rapid fire, like some of the tables are, go ahead and tackle both questions. Totally up to you. So go ahead and, and have at it.
I know it's not much time, but try to wrap it up in, within the next two minutes, and we can always come back to it after. about a minute more. Got about 15 seconds to try to wrap up your final thought. Okay, let's go ahead and come back together. Like I said, if I fly through this, we'll be able to have a little bit more time after if we want to. But I think it was important to go ahead and take this time because it's important for us to not just not communicate with God. There's the little signs that we are given. There's these little things that when we're going in our lives, God lets you know that he's there. That the road you choose to travel on, he is there for you. He will provide for you. He will take care of you. We just need to cancel everything out and try to see for a little bit what he's actually doing in our lives. As we move back to our text, we just saw that Nebuchadnezzar had such a disturbing dream. In verse 2, he called in his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers, and he demanded that they tell him what he had dreamed. As they stood before the king, he said, I have had a dream that deeply troubles me, and I must know what it means. So the king was so disturbed... He doesn't understand what just happened to him. He knows it was something big. He calls in his A-team, calls them his advisors, he calls in his rat pack. And who is in this group? We have the wise men, something I haven't been called yet, but I'm looking forward to the day that I get to be called wise. But it's full of magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers, and in some texts it says the Chaldeans. And I want to give a a brief description of what it is. Magicians are counted as wise men, officials of foreign governments, they're known for their pagan wisdom. The enchanters are one who enchants, a sorcerer, a magician, also one who delights as by an enchantment. Sorcerers, one who practice sorcery, nearly synonymous with magician, soothsayer, 
or wizard and boasted of power. Astrologer is one who's predicted the future by gazing at stars and constellations and Chaldeans, whose principal employment was the study of mathematics and astrology by which they pretended to foretell the destiny of men born under certain constellations. I'm not telling you this so you can go look on Monster or Indeed and find a job posting for this. I'm telling you because I see all of these titles with fancy names and not once does it say God in one of those people. Not once is he looking towards the correct person. He's looking towards this false hope, hoping that they can tell him what his dream means. He is putting all of his beliefs into this group of individuals that look towards false gods. They look towards false idols. They kind of just blow smoke up him and understand what he wants to hear. As we continue on with verse 4, and I should tell them right now, if they could really see the future, they know they should have called in sick in this day because this is a bad day. (laughs) Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, Long live the king. Tell us the dream and we will tell you what it means. But the king said to the astrologers, I am serious about this. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, you will be torn limb from limb. Other translations of the Bible say, cut into pieces and your houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. Bad day. Yeah, so that's, that's not the boss of the year. I'd probably see him on Undercover Boss, but this is not a good thing. But he's so serious about what this means. He has to set foundations like this. A king that is untouchable has been affected, and he needs to know what this means for his future, what his course of action is supposed to be. And I began to think about it. Like, I know when I wake up from dreams, and they're cool dreams, you, you don't really remember. You get bits and pieces. So does King Nebuchadnezzar even remember his dream? Or is he just asking him to kind of fill in the blanks? But no, I think that he's beginning to realize that his advisors, the people that he's looked towards, are in the wrong. That they have no answers for him. That he needs to be searching for answers, but these are the people he suddenly realized are not going to find it for him. Who is he putting his hope into, but at the same time, who are we putting our hope into? So we go on to verse 6. But if you tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means, I will give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream and what it means. They said again, please, your majesty, tell us the dream and we will tell you what it means. So here are your options. Tell me what my dream means. You tell me what happened to my dream and interpret it. And you get praise, you get money, you get anything you want. Don't, and you get cut up into pieces. That was the pep talk I got before I came up here today from the pastor. So, <laughs> These wise men who made their, their living doing this, this is their job. They go to house to house or different palaces, the people that can employ them, and they'll go up to them and say, I've had this dream, I've had this vision, what does it mean? And just for instance, if I would have come up to them and I had a dream about it, you know, an owl, and it brought me a pail of water, and I saw 40 goats and a temple. 
they can come through and make up anything they want to do, saying, you know, this is what actually happened, and say, oh, well, it's an owl, and it's a creature at night, so I think you should attack people at nighttime, and the water means that we need to flush them out, and the goats are the, are the guards, and they'll just run away, and the temple's yours. And then they'd get a bunch of money. So this is their job, and they're standing in front of their boss, and King Nebuchadnezzar is just saying, you can't even do your job. These wise men who had served their idol gods for so long, had no answers. They had no direction of what to show Nebuchadnezzar. As they said, just tell us the dream, they said. The king replied, I know what you are doing. You're stalling for time because you know I am serious when I say, if you don't tell me the dream, you are doomed. So you have conspired to tell me lies, hoping I will change my mind, but tell me the dream. And I know that you can tell me what it means. The advisors are wasting time because they have no shot at this. And when he says they're telling lies, I just think of who we get to look towards for our directions, who we get to look towards for our answers, and God does not tell us lies. We have a loving God that wants to show us the way. There may be obstacles, there may be problems, there may be things that he shows us We just need to sit back and try to understand and have faith that God is going to bring us through us. And this next, this next line, this is the money line. This is the one that I kept coming back to because it's so powerful. In verse 10, the astrologers replied to the king, no one on earth can tell the king his dream. I want to repeat that one more time. The astrologers replied to the king, No one on earth can tell the king his dream. And no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked for such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. The king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream. And they do not live here among people. One more time. The king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream, and they do not live here among people. No one on earth can tell King Nebuchadnezzar his dream. Despite all their wisdom, uh, real and imagined, these wise men have nothing that they can look towards to guide this man. Little did he know, right across the way, There was a man, a man named Daniel. And it's true what they said. There is no God on earth that could give up Nebuchadnezzar. They could not talk to him. But there was a mouthpiece for the Lord that was there that could answer him. The man that has been driven by God would have been able to shed light on the situation if he would have looked towards that in the beginning. But instead he put all of his hope, all of this promise in these false prophets And that just hits home with me sometimes. Are we, where are we giving our hope? Where are we looking towards? I'm blessed to know a lot of you. I know a lot of you are so strong and you actually do follow that road and it strengthens me and it makes me want to be just like you. We just have to remember that we have someone so awesome that we can look towards. I just want to close off this part of the the scripture before I lose it. In verse 12. 
The king was furious when he heard this. And he ordered that all of the wise men of Babylon be executed. And because of the king's decree, men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. So not only is his A-team, the Rat Pack, his advisors going to be killed, but they just screwed it up for everybody. Because he now sees he cannot put his hope in what he had over here. And now poor Daniel, he doesn't even know what's going on. Probably just eating some non-bread, hanging out, reading. And these guys are going to come and find him. I know it's a little puzzling. We've been dealing with dreams. We've been dealing with directions. We've been dealing with a non-believer. And we've been dealing with God. But these are strong points that we have to try to dissect to figure out what's going on. What does God have in store for Nebuchadnezzar? Someone so into himself. Is he able to soften his heart enough that he can continue off of his road, Nebuchadnezzar's road for himself, which happens to be right to the top of his pile so he can make all these gold statues of himself? Can he put enough force behind a dream to get through to him? With Daniel... Is he working in Daniel's life? Of course he is. He has delivered him here. He has kept him safe. I know the road was tough for Daniel. It was a long journey. But God kept him. He delivered him. And now he's going to use him as a mouthpiece. And Daniel at at any time does not start to sway. He just stays strong in his faith. He stays strong in his direction. And he stays strong in his march toward the Lord. And it's just so important that we know that no matter what we are going through, that once we hit that fork in the road, that when we are faced with challenges or obstacles, when we are faced with disappointments, when we are faced with all things that we just don't know how to understand, that on that side of the road, that when we look towards God, He will provide. God has a plan for you. Pray for direction to follow it. Patience to wait on it. And wisdom to know when it comes. In talking about dreams, I've mentioned it before, but God blessed me enough to give me a vision where I was able to see that the waters were calm around me. And he knew to give me that vision because I needed reassurance. Because many times before, I would have gone down the other direction and kind of kept an eye on God to see what he's doing, but still continued down my road. That when I was faced with obstacles, I would look to what was cool, or I'd look to see what else I should be doing, or I'd start worrying, or start fretting, or start not understanding anything, instead of just saying, okay, God, I really don't want to go with this part of my life, but I know you have a plan for it. I don't really feel like losing my job right now, but you have a plan for me. I don't feel like losing my mom at this moment, but I think you can bring her back and you'll have plans for me. You'll have plans for her. You'll have plans for all of us. 
that a fork in the road is not even a fork, that once you see God, you can keep going forward, and then that path is straight, and then you just kind of climb over these little obstacles that he puts in front of you. I mean, I think it would be so awesome tonight if we're going to pray at the end of this, but if we just pray that that God would come into our lives even more and that he would affect each and every one of us. Imagine if we all just had a dream of what God had in store for us. And it may just be praying and setting back and saying, God, I want you to come into my life. I want to break down these walls. I want to believe in what you have. We just need to realize that we have so much going on that we need to let him in. And I love seeing the direction that journey is going, that we have people that we're loving the world one person at a time, and we need to just keep marching forward. I can't remember ever looking at the other side of the road. All I know is that God put his heart into this place, and he's going to keep moving it forward so we can move his heart elsewhere, to go beyond the walls of journey and keep moving forward. And as I was thinking of of ways, I always love giving scripture at the end to kind of tie it all together. And in the book of Proverbs, in chapter 3, verse 6, and in my Bible, it's right at the start. And I've looked through it so many times, and it just finally jumped out to me. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. If God has a plan for someone so unrighteous like King Nebuchadnezzar, imagine what God has in plan for you. Imagine what you have in store that you just haven't unlocked yet. That through the the cheesy jokes that I've given, through the dreams, through everything, the point of the message is that the directions that we go on, the direction that we move towards God is the right road. You don't need a GPS. You don't need anything to follow it. All you need is an open heart, an open mind, an open understanding of what God can do. And I feel that as we travel through the book of Daniel, pay attention of how Daniel acts. See how he conducts himself. See how strong his faith is. And see how he can work in other people's elements, bringing God forward, bringing them to the forward path of King Nebuchadnezzar, as for us, as we move forward, that wherever we go, like it was talked about last week, we bring God forward, that we start this journey, that we keep moving forward in the direction of God, and we bring as many people along as we can. Because we have an everlasting God that is going to come through, and He's going to love us forever. If you can please bow your heads, let's pray us out of here tonight. God, I thank you so much for being with us. I thank you so much for showing us such hard-headed people like King Nebuchadnezzar that when he has such a solid, closed-off heart that you can visit him in a dream, that you can wake him up. If there's anyone here that has a closed-off mind, closed-off heart, please open their heart, their mind, please come in their lives, whether it be a dream, whether it be a vision, whether it be someone coming up to them and speaking life in them, Lord, just come into their lives. And for the rest, I ask you to please guide them.
continue on this path towards you, God. I know it's tough. I know there are things that we just don't want to deal with. But I know at the end of it that you, Lord, you're going to provide, you're going to take care of us. That you will deliver us. Ask you to give us the boldness to continue to spread the gospel, God. It's your awesome name we pray. All God's people said amen. But I don't want to get going just yet. I want to go back to the, the question because I feel this is important. So this next, we talked about the dreams, we talked about everything, and we just prayed. But what I talked about is bringing God to you tonight. So I want to have this couple short minutes where you just kind of sit around your table. You can pray together or you can pray to yourself. But pray that the distractions of the world get away from you. Pray that anything that is stopping you from being close to God goes away. Any of these addictions, any problems, any failures, that your direction doesn't get hiccuped along the way. Pray that he visits you in a dream tonight. Pray that any sort of reassurance that you need, that he's there. So go ahead and take a couple minutes. We'll pray together and then we'll get you out of here. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. 
Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways, for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you'll protect me from my anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life, for your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Whatever you prayed for tonight, I ask that God comes through. It's in his timing and in his will, and I thank you for this evening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you guys. We'll see you, the men, on Taco Night on Friday.